0: This morning, we continue to look at the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're in chapter 3 this morning, beginning with verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all of our distress and affliction... We have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if we are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you for all of the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. As we pray more, most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and the Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as, you, as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before God, uh, God and Father at the coming of the Lord Jesus with all of his saints. Then finally, brothers, we ask and we urge you in the Lord Jesus just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you are doing that you do so more and more. All right. How are you this morning? Fantastic. Why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you ask the person next to you? How are you doing today? You know, Maybe I should give you some more time. Um, You know, it's funny when we ask that really common question, How are you doing today? it can kind of come at us in a couple of different levels. Uh, One level is just a really, really surface level. The person says, Hey, how are you? they don't really expect you to answer how you're doing. They don't really expect you to tell them about the difficulties that you had getting your family to church this morning. You don't, they don't expect you to tell them about the, the little car trouble that you had in the middle of the week or the, the ache or the pain that you had today. It is just a surface level, hey, how you doing? We're filling the gap. We're filling just a little conversational space here, but it always just, or it just stays on the surface. But the truth is that there are some people in your life who will come up to you and say, How are you doing? And they actually care. And it really means a great deal in our lives when somebody slows us down just for a moment to ask, How are you? And that they plan to listen. Our lives need and ache for someone who will ask the question, How are you doing? And in asking that question that they care and that they listen and that they're interested in the answer. Now, if you lean a little bit on the introverted side like I do, we don't need too many of these people, okay? Just just the, the right number of these people, but we all need some folks that will say, How are you doing? And so when someone says, How are you doing, sometimes it's just a, a surface question, and it's just there. Uh, sometimes it is deep and meaningful. And sometimes it's a difficult question because you're not really sure what the answer is. How are you doing? You know what, that's the question that I've been trying to figure out myself. I've been trying to figure out all the things that are spinning around in my world. How am I processing this? How am I dealing with this? How am I feeling about these things? And either because it is something that you've been processing so much that the only question that you've been answer, asking is, how am I doing? Or, or maybe it's because you've been so busy you haven't even had the chance to ask that question. And maybe it's been a while since someone put that question in front of you. When someone says, how are you doing? You're, you're, you're kind of stumped. You, you don't really know what to do with that question. I bring this up because really the middle section of 1 Thessalonians is built around the question, how are you doing? How are you doing? For Paul, there was this deep, and grievous question of wondering how is the church in Thessalonica doing we've talked about this almost every single week remember paul was there for a very short period of time it was kind of a rough season there both for him and, and for the new believers that were there and in fact the intensity of opposition was so strong that paul was kind of forced out of town and so this brand new church with brand new believers that has not really had the opportunity to take root he is whisked away from them and really every. every Every single day since then, he says, how are they doing? I hope they're okay. And when he says that, he wants to know how that church is doing. But what we, what we have to understand is that Paul said, I wonder how James is doing, and I wonder how Jonas is doing, and I wonder how Rachel is doing. And, I, and, I, and he went through the names of these believers, and he knew their circumstances, and he knew the situations that they were dealing with, and he knew the hardships in that city. And so it has been his very heart saying, how are they? Are they making it? Are they okay? In fact, what this passage of Scripture tells us is it has come to the place that it is such an intense question that has lingered on his mind that he has broken up his ministry team, and he has sent Timothy, who means so much to him, say, Timothy, go check on them in Thessalonica. And Timothy says, you remember how they treated us when we were there last time? Yeah, but just go ahead, sneak into town, check out, find out for me. Are they still there? Are they still gathering? Are they still worshiping? What do they need? What can we do for them? And when Timothy comes back, he brings back this report to Paul. says, they're still there. Their faith is still strong. Their love is still growing. And Paul, as much as you miss them, they miss you. And so Paul has this question, how are you doing But I think at the same time, while Paul was ripped away from this congregation and he was in a different place and he's wondering, how are they doing? I kind of wonder if the church in Thessalonica isn't running through that same question How are we doing? Are we doing okay? Is this what we're supposed to be doing? Their opportunity to be mentored and taught and rooted in their faith had been cut short into such a small amount of time that they had to be asking this question. Are we doing this right? Are we supposed to be doing more? Are we supposed to be doing less? Are we supposed to be doing this differently? I, I, I still have questions here. How am I doing? And so they are dealing with that same question. I don't know the answer. How am I doing? We don't know if i were to ask you maybe not in a public setting like this but maybe over a cup of coffee maybe back at the back table there and i were to ask you how are you doing and if we were to zero in on your spiritual life and i were to ask this question how are you doing because i I care, and I'm concerned, and I'm worried about some of the things that you are facing and some of the obstacles that you are dealing with and some of the opposition that comes up against you and your workplace is hard or your family situation is difficult and the finances are squeezing you these days. Are you okay? How are you doing? And if you were to answer that question for yourself, do you have an answer of how you are doing spiritually? Here's the good news this morning. Here's the the great news for your life. God cares about each and every day of your spiritual journey. God cares about your entire spiritual journey. You see, it's not a matter that God saves you and then abandons you. You ever buy something that's supposed to come with this great warranty and the salesperson says, listen, if you ever need anything, you just call us, you just contact us, we'll be there for you, and you turn around to say thanks and they're gone already? Is that it? Maybe that was just me? Let me know, let you know that spiritually this is not a case where Jesus saves us and then we turn around and then he's gone. I want you to know that it's not a case where Jesus gets tired of me and says that knucklehead's never going to get it right. I've taught him this lesson over and over and over again. I, I'm tired of that. I want you to know that God never moves on from you to a more interesting or exciting person. But He cares about you from the beginning step of your faith with Him until you walk into glory. He cares about every single day. Let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for good news. Lord, we thank you that there is a word for us that can bless us, encourage us, challenge us, build us up. Lord, I pray that the word this morning would exhort and encourage the body of believers that's here today. Lord, help us to be able to answer that question a little bit more clearly. How am I doing today? Lord, I pray this in your name. Amen. I want to be able to help us answer this question, how are you doing? Uh, How am I doing when it comes to spiritually? So we're going to dive into this text here so that we can see that. But before we do that, we just need to connect with why we can apply this passage of Scripture to our lives. I want you to see here in 1 Thessalonians that we can apply these words as it's written to the church in Thessalonica. It says in chapter one and verse one, it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are true about our life if we are in Christ Jesus. In verse five, it says, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know the kind of men we proved to be among you, and you became imitators of us And of the Lord, for you receive the word in much affliction and joy in the Holy Spirit. These are people who are in Christ who have received the word. If you move down to chapter 2 and verse 13, it says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you heard the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not just as the word of men, but what it really is, that the word of God that is at work in you believers. So this morning, I want us to answer the question, how are you doing based on the fact that we are like the people, that you would be like the persons here in the church in Thessalonica that are in Christ, have received the word, and the work of God has happened inside of your life. So the first thing that I want you to know about how are you doing is I want you to know that your faith is worth celebrating. Your faith is incredibly encouraging. As we look at this in verses 6 and following, immediately we jump back into the theme where Paul talks about our distress and our affliction. What he says is that once again, they are in difficulty. We don't know the specifics of what's happening in Paul's life there, but once again whether it be imprisonment, whether it be a a hard reception inside of that city, whether it be beatings, whether it be rejections, whether it just be on the road without a whole lot of supplies, whatever it may be, they are once again in distress and affliction. But he says, we're in distress and affliction, but do you know what excites us, what gets us up in the morning, what really encourages us is hearing about your faith. We may be in distress and affliction. We may be having the most difficult time, and we may be saying, is this worth it? And yet we hear the report from Timothy that you are doing well. Have you ever done anything that cost way more than it should have? Have you ever done anything that took way more work than you thought that it should have. Have you ever done anything that hurt way more than it really should have? Uh, maybe, you, maybe you renovated uh, the kitchen and it cost way more than you thought it was going to. Uh, maybe you enrolled in school and college and graduate degree and, and it just was like, whoa, this is way more than balancing you know, work and a lot of different kinds of things like that. Maybe, maybe you went into labor and delivered a baby whether it cost a crazy amount or it was way more work than you expected or maybe it was more painful than it should have been, you come to that moment at the end of it and says, but it's worth it. It was worth it. Whether it's when you're walking with that cap and gown, whether it's the first time that you invite company over so they can see that renovated uh, kitchen, whether it's when you hold that infant in your arms, you stop and say, it was crazy expensive It was way more work than I expected. Oh, it was so much pain. But it was worth it. Here is Paul in the midst of distress and affliction and he looks and says, but it's worth it. Because he hears about the faith of the church in Thessalonica, about the believers in Thessalonica, and he says, your faith is what makes it worthwhile. Now, just to step aside there for a moment, talk about a kingdom mindset that Paul would say, I am in the middle of distress and affliction. I am suffering, but that's okay because you're doing well. Well, that's not necessarily our reflex, isn't it? I don't really mind someone else doing well as long as I'm doing well also. And in fact, if they're struggling and I'm doing okay, that's all right too. (laughs) Just being honest. But Paul says, I'm in distress and affliction, but I'm 100% okay with that. Because I'm thrilled to hear about what God is doing in your life. So how are you doing? One of the things I want you to know, the fact that you began a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that you have said yes to him, and you are on this journey of trying to become a fully devoted follower of Christ, that alone makes your faith incredibly encouraging and a blessing to the people around you. You may not always see that. You may not always feel that. You may not always know the impact that you're having. But I want you to know that your faith, by its mere existence, by the fact that you came to a time and place in your life that you said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that it is a blessing and an encouragement to people around you. It is a blessing in the kingdom. It is a blessing to this church. Whether they can put their finger on it or not, it is a blessing to your family. It is a blessing to your coworkers. It is a blessing to the people that you interact with every single day. How are you doing? Your faith is incredibly encouraging. Isn't that good news? Sometimes we can feel insecure about our faith, but I want you to know that the fact that you are a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ is a blessing to many people inside of your life. That's how you're doing. Isn't that good news? Good, write that down. That's good news. Because I also need to tell you that your faith, I don't know how to put this, but your faith has some gaps. Your, your, your faith has some gaps. Paul talks to the church in Thessalonica and he tells them how much he loves them. He's so excited about how great that they're doing. And they get this report back from Timothy and he, he's hearing wonderful things that their, their faith is growing, their love is growing, their affection for Paul is, is, continues to increase. It is fantastic. And he says, we can't wait to see you face to face so that we can fill in what is lacking in your faith. So that we can supply what is lacking in your faith. Now, quick question. If you're on the receiving end of that letter, and by the way, you are on the receiving end of that letter, there's a couple of different ways you can take that sentence. I can't wait to come and supply what is lacking in your faith. One of the answers that you can respond to that is, how dare you? How how, how, how dare you say that there's something lacking inside of my faith? Well, I'm as good of a Christian as any other person that I, in fact, I've made a list. I'm better than most. How dare you say? that there is something lacking in my faith. The other way to hear that is, no kidding, when can you get here? No kidding. We still have a lot of questions, Paul. You left us before we really covered a lot of things in the book. You gave us a a 30-week manual, and we only got through chapter 6 when can you get here? When can you teach us these things? When can you invest into these things in our life? How do you respond to this question of what is lacking? The reality is that we need to respond to it with a sense of humility. (laughs) We need to respond to it with a sense of honesty. And I find that honesty and humility often go side by side. If I don't have honesty, I don't have humility. Uh, And humility causes me to be honest sometimes. But if, if we don't respond to that word in our lives, that you and I are still lacking some things inside of our faith, if we don't come to that with a spirit of humility and a spirit of honesty and even a spirit of anticipation that says, yes, please fill in the parts of my faith that are still lacking or not fully developed. Push me, teach me, draw me Move me to where I need to be. We need to come with that sense of anticipation. Now, in the passage that we look at next, Paul is going to go into a little bit of detail about some of the places where that faith is lacking. He's going to go into some specific areas of life and says, listen, you need to work in this area of life. You need to work in this area of life. And that's going to be true for the church in Thessalonica, but it's kind of true for us too, so, so we're going to get to that. But for right now, what he says is, I'm going to just kind of give you a summary statement of what's missing. He says to fulfill what is lacking in your life, to supply what is lacking in your faith, and he's going to focus in two areas of your love and your holiness. Your love and your holiness. Anybody here got some gaps in their love and their, 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 their holiness? When it comes to my love and my holiness, my life looks like a, like a block of Swiss cheese, man. Man, there, there's places where I got it right, <laughs> some places where I got it wrong. I love what he talks about here in terms of love. He says, Your love for each other. Remember, we talked last week about the fact that one of the things that happens when we gather for worship is that we, that we share the experience of some of the hard things that we work on and live and experience and how we, we, we face opposition all the time. And so that it needs to grow and increase the affection that we have for one another when we grow and we gather together. These are the other believers in Christ walking the same journey that I am. And so he says that you would increase in your love for each other. And I love what God's doing in the life of this church in these days. And I can sense and I can feel the love inside of this church growing and and having freedom. I hope that you can feel that as well. And he says that you would grow in your love for each other. But he also says that you would grow in your love for all. Because that includes the people who are causing that spiritual opposition that are outside of this place. One of the things that's really, really hard is to say... The people who share your faith, you have to love them because they're family and they're special because of what we share together. And you have to love all the people on the outside of the circle as well. I don't always know how we do and say the family is special and we love all of the people outside of the family, but that's what God calls us to do. And he says that you would continue to grow inside of your holiness. In verses 11 through 13, he gives a prayer that he prays for this congregation, that they would grow and increase in their love and in their holiness. And if you get a chance this afternoon, go back and read verses 11 to 13 because what I want you to notice in there is that there is this mixture of how God supplies what is lacking in our needs. Paul says, we want to come to you That God, pray that God would bring us to you so that we can supply what is lacking in your needs. And we've talked about this. There are people, there are resources that need to be added into your life that can grow you and supply what is lacking in your life. But I also want you to see that it is the direct movement of God that supplies what is lacking inside of our lives. It is God, and it is people and resources. And God using people and resources. And God himself that is providing that direct influence in our lives because my faith and yours still has some gaps. So how am I doing? Um, My faith is an encouragement to the people around me. And my faith has some gaps. Does that sound true? That's true. But I would also tell you that your faith has room to grow. That your faith has room uh, to grow. My first week here as pastor, somebody brought me an office warming gift. It, it was a plant. And it has this beautiful yellow bow on it. It's a beautiful vine looking thing. And, and I, I put it there in my window of my office so it could get plenty of light because I'm a very careful gardener. And then after that, I completely forgot about it. And in fact, Darla or Sandy or uh, somebody would come around and say, Pastor, you got to put some water in that thing. And they began to realize that, well, I, I don't put water in that thing. So they've moved it out of my office, and it's now in the reception area. And, and it's struggling a little bit today. But, but I'll tell you, part of the reason why I think it's struggling today is because it has been watered, and the, the pot that it came in is now too small for the plant. It needs to be transferred to a. See, I, I know a lot of these things. Um, <laughs> it needs to be transferred to a larger pot because it has run out of room to grow inside of that pot. That's not the story of my life. I have not run out of room to grow. I have not maxed out my spiritual potential, my spiritual maturity, my spiritual life. I have come no way to filling that up. Do you know what my pot is spiritually? It's Jesus. And you can place me inside of Jesus, and I have not filled that up there's still a bunch of parts of my life that have not grown and not developed. And so there is still plenty of space for me to grow. What we talked here about the church in Thessalonica, that part of the reason why Paul is so worried, how are they doing? And, and I think that the church in Thessalonica is wondering, how are we doing? Is because Paul was ripped away from them so soon. But I would tell you at the same time that if Paul had stayed there for 50 years, there still would be parts of their life that was lacking in terms of their faith because we will not fully fill up the image of Christ until we walk into glory but we are to spend every day And every hour of our life, trying to make more parts of our life to be shaped and look and feel and sound like Jesus himself. I love what it says in chapter four and verse one. It says, finally, my brothers, we ask and urge. (laughs) Are you asking or are you telling? Paul says, yes. We ask and urge you. In the Lord Jesus, that just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. There it is. The three stages of your spiritual life. My past spiritually, my present spiritually, and my future spiritually. There should be activity in all three parts of my life. He says, just as you began, it was awesome. Just as you're doing, it is great. But I need you to turn it up and do it more and more so that your faith and your love and your holiness would increase. I want you to think this morning about your spiritual life and maybe even some place on your handout this morning to just say, when I began spiritually, and just dot, 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 fill in the blank, a word, a phrase that describes the beginning of your spiritual journey. And, And then maybe you could put a space just below that and say, today in my spiritual life, and give a word or a phrase or descriptor that says this is where I am today. And then below that, I would challenge you to say, but next in my spiritual life, the place where I need to increase, the way in which I can live out my faith more and more. Maybe Maybe what needs to happen next in your life is that, that you need to double back on some places in your life that grew some time ago but have gotten rusty or sloppy or just it's not where it used to be. It, it was a victory that God gave you in the past and, and maybe you need to double back and regain some of the ground that you've lost in your life Spiritually. Maybe it's a part of your life spiritually that you're getting right in this moment, but it just needs to go deeper. It's just kind of surface. You're you're doing it without connecting it deeply inside uh, of your heart. Uh, Maybe you're in worship every single week, but it's just up here instead of being deeply rooted. Maybe what needs to happen next is that some of the things that you're doing right now, you need to do with more depth, And maybe there's some new ground. Maybe you haven't taken your faith to work or you haven't taken your faith to your finances or to your relationships or to your future or to your past. Maybe there's a subset of your life, your spirit, your emotions. The faith just hasn't ever really reached that part of your life yet. And so maybe in terms of what's next, there's some new ground that faith, the Spirit of God, is supposed to have access to in your life. And maybe the thing that's supposed to happen next is that you're supposed to say yes to Jesus. But Remember when we began this message, we are talking about, hey, how are you doing? And I said, listen, this is going to apply if you have this in common with the first recipients of this letter, that you are in Christ, that you have received the word of the gospel, that you have had the work of God happen inside of your life. And I said, that, that, that's who this is to. And I just need to say that clearly. And, and maybe when I said that, that drew a circle And it left you on the wrong side of that circle. Now man, how dare you? But, but, But listen, that's the circle. That you are in Christ. That you have received the work of Christ. That's who this is written to. Those people who have received the word. But I want you to know that that is not a closed circle. And that any person at any time, is invited by the Spirit of God to enter into that circle and to say yes to Jesus, to His making your life right, and to you making Him the Lord and Master of your life, to live under His grace and to live under His authority. Maybe the next step that needs to happen in your life today is that you need to step inside of the circle and live under his grace and under his authority you can do that today even in this moment let's pray together our heavenly father lord we thank you for a word we thank you that you care about every single step every single moment every single part of our lives lord for those that are in the circle today Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged in their faith. Lord, I pray that we would be humble about the gaps in our lives and in our faith. And Lord, we would be ready for the next thing so that our faith and our holiness and our love would increase. And the way in which we walk in you, we would do that more and more and more. And Lord, Lord, if there's somebody on the outside looking in today, Lord, I pray that they would say yes to you. Even in this moment, to speak a silent prayer and to call out to you and be ready to live under your grace and under your authority, forgiven and submitted to you.